Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. Welcome to worship. If you have any prayer requests, please fill out a prayer request card found on the table in the narthex and place it in the basket. If you have not registered for riches, there is a sign-up sheet on the welcome desk, as well as an order form for a riches t-shirt. If you know of someone over 60 who may need a fan but cannot afford one, please see the notice on the bulletin board outside the bathrooms about Project Cool. And I believe Pastor Jim now has an announcement. Good to see all of you here on this, I guess this is the uh, last full Sunday of spring, isn't it? Yeah, because next Sunday will be, uh, yeah, the solstice. The sun will stand still, all right? <laughs> and, uh, and start going the other way. But anyway, we had conference this week, and Roy Baldwin and I attended remotely, right? Not a lot earth-shaking going on. I am officially here for another year. Uh, so uh, that was done. I was going to save that for rattlesnakes. But uh, anyway, but uh, the bishop did ask, uh, and that's really why I, I got up here, I want to tell you. The bishop did ask us to take a special offering today, if we would, for the Lydia Patterson Institute in uh, El Paso. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's, a, it's, it's one of the best things that this conference has ever been involved with. In the last two years, a hundred, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high school. In, in, the, in the last two years, um, and it's basically for folks who wouldn't be able to go to high school otherwise, in the last two years, 100%, 100% of their graduates have gone on to college. And usually the percentage is way up there in the 90s, anywho. So anyway, the lady that's been the director for 37 years, her, her name is Dr. Um, Socorro Diana, is retiring. And the bishop asked that we take a special offering in honor of her retirement. So there is a box in the narthex on the table if you would wish to contribute to that. Thanks. The scripture reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the, home, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generations of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day 
the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the reading of the scripture. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we gather today to praise you. We thank you for all of the blessings of this week and for those we are yet to receive. Remind us that we are here to serve and not to be served. Lead us with your Holy Spirit that we would be a people who speak the truth in love. Teach us to consider our words and speak that which builds up. May our words show others that we serve a holy God. Let the word we hear today strengthen us to go out and tell others about your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are one Sunday away from riches. One Sunday. And it's a pretty cool Sunday because it's Father's Day. So I promise I'll have a short announcement next week. But this week, that, that's not the case. Y'all don't look out. We talked last week about what the 25th would be and how it's a day of fellowship for the adults and a day of fun for the kids. And we're going to talk this week about the 26th. The 26th is really the biggest day of riches. It's like our headliner day. And we're going to start off the day by focusing on our community and plugging into our community. We um, have many riches around us in San Antonio. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I think this is one of the most diverse, beautiful, giant cities that America has, and we are blessed to be a part of it. And the example that Jesus gave us when he was plugging into his community was to serve his community. If you read through the New Testament and through Jesus's life, he knew what was happening with the people around him. Whether they were people that he was told he should accept or not, whether they were people that um, a good Jewish man of the time should be around or not, he still knew what was happening with them. He still accepted everyone in his community with open arms, and he helped them whenever he could, right? And it's our job to emulate that as Christians. So that is what we're going to do on the morning of the 26th. We have actually now three volunteer opportunities for anybody who wants to participate in Riches. The first one, which I've announced before, is volunteering at the Urban Garden at Mission San Juan for the San Antonio Food Bank. Our food bank runs something like 40 acres of urban farms here in San Antonio, and I had no idea about that. But the cool thing about Mission San Juan is they also have a part of their garden set aside, and they run it as it was run as, um, when it was a mission. So they still have the same aqueducts in use that were built originally to water those plants. And when we go there, you have an opportunity to see that part of the garden. But we will be helping with basic gardening tasks, right? The same things we do at home, pulling weeds and possibly planting things for their fall crop, harvesting whatever's ready now, watering plants, whatever they have for us to do. They provide tools, and they just ask that we arrive 15 minutes early and we wear appropriate clothes. That is from 9 to 11 a.m. on the 26th, and it does require pre-registration. So if you'd like to participate with that, um, there's a link out there that you can sign up with, or you can email me, children at hhumc.com, and I'll get you directed in the right place, or I'll do it for you. The other opportunity we have for people who want to serve in a physical capacity but don't want to head out to Mission San Juan is to donate blood at the blood drive that will be happening at Coons Elementary. 
they are hosting a blood drive for the Holotus House Enabling Service. And I was told that in order to be a successful blood drive, they have to have something like 100 people show up or several hundred people show up. Right now, there are over 17 spots available from 12 to 2. And I believe that as a church community, we can go and we can fill in those spots and donate blood. And the more spots that are filled in, the more spots they will make open so that more people can come and donate blood or lock-ins can happen. Because of COVID, they do require us to pre-register for that also. So there is a link out there on the bulletin board to do that. There's also, if you have a fancy QR scanner on your phone, there's one of those that'll take you right to there. But as a church congregation, anybody who wants to participate in that, we were gonna try to go between 12 and two o'clock and fill in those spots for them. It does end at 2 p.m. Our third way to plug into our community and help people around us is to donate to a program that I just learned about and I think has a, an amazing goal and mission. It's called Fostering Literacy. And it is a program that was started by foster parents here in San Antonio. When they had their first foster children welcomed into their home, they realized that there was a major gap between their foster children and the children in their own family in regards to literacy. The foster kids, because they had been placed in more than one home, did not have access to books as readily as the kids who were in one stable home and weren't going through the challenges that foster children really go through. So they started an organization to raise money and provide books for foster children and for foster families. And if you know the foster system at all, you know that when a, children, a child gets moved from one house to another, they take their belongings with them, right? So if a child has a book that's in their name that's just for them, they get to take that book with them. It doesn't have to stay at the house they're at. And what a magical thing for them to be able to take some books with them along the way and to really learn to read and to learn the joy of, of reading and literacy. So we will be collecting donations for them. There is a link out on the bulletin board, of course, if you would like more information about their organization. You can donate online, but we will also have a um, collection the entire weekend of riches for them. Their goal for the upcoming school year is to provide books for 100 foster children in San Antonio, and what, which means of raising money of about $4,000. So whatever we can do to get them towards that goal is a fantastic thing for those children, and it'll make a huge impact on their lives and on the future of our community here, right? If we educate our children, they grow up to be big members of our community, right? They can do more as adults. And then after we do, all of that stuff, plugging into our community to help the needs in our community. We're gonna come back here and we're gonna play. And while Friday was a day for the kids to play, Saturday is gonna be a day for all of the grown-ups to play. We're gonna come together, we're gonna have a dinner together. We'll talk about the riches in our community around us, and then we'll divide ourselves into teams. I will let you pick your teams, but we're gonna divide into teams, and we're gonna do a challenge course for scavenger hunt. We came up with a bunch of different ways to have fun together, to play together. If there's something that you are uncomfortable doing, that's okay, you can sit it out. I'm not gonna harp on anybody for not doing something. The whole point is to have fun together, to work together as a team with somebody in your church family or your community, and to learn about the riches that God has provided us in our community. So I know that sounds a little bit intimidating, but I promise that you guys will have fun. I promise that you'll get messy. I promise that you'll laugh. I promise I will take pictures and we will only use them as blackmail in here. They won't go online. We will all have a blast together. So next week we'll talk about what we're doing on Sunday. All right, are you guys ready for your children's sermon? Come on down. All right, so we are talking today about sitting on our bottom and behaving. We're talking about rules. Do you guys like rules? 
Do you like to follow rules? No? I know this. We've been struggling with rules at our house, especially this first week of summer. We seem to think all of the rules are gone and we can do whatever we want, right? But rules are there for a reason, right? Your parents probably have rules like you need to go to bed at a certain time. Or you can't just eat sugar all day long. You need to eat other things. Do those sound familiar? We need to pick up our rooms when mom tells us to, right? Because if we don't, our toys might get broken. Or we might trip and fall and get hurt, right? Rules might not be fun, but there's a reason why those rules are there. And most rules are in place to keep everyone safe, right? Now, I'm not going to say every rule is because there's some weird rules out there. And if you look through different law books in different states, you'll find weird things like you, a man can't wear a dress on Sunday in Florida. Don't ask me why I know that. I just do. So men, no strapless dresses on Sunday in Florida. But most rules are in place to keep us safe. Do you know who else had to follow a rule? He had to follow lots of rules. Jesus. Jesus had to follow rules too. He didn't just get to come down here to earth and say, I'm going to do whatever I want because I'm the son of God. No, he still followed all of the rules. He followed all of the commands that God gave us. In fact, when he was giving his Sermon on the Mount, which we started last week, right? His big sermon in Matthew that takes up three chapters. And he was talking to lots of people who had gathered around him. He came and he told those people that I came here to keep the rules and to fulfill the rules. I didn't come here to change them. What I did is I came here to change the promise between my father and all of you, but I didn't come and change the rules. The rules still stand. What rules do you think he was talking about? The Ten Commandments. Good job. Gold star today. The Ten Commandments. That's right. He's saying you still have to follow the Ten Commandments. Even though I came to change the promise between God and his people, the rules are still there, and we still have to follow them. And just like he said last week at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about following them but following them with good intentions in your heart, with your heart in the right place and the right attitude. He said it's not enough to just not go around murdering people, right? Because if you have anger in your heart and you wish bad things to happen to another person, that's the same thing as committing murder, as taking their life. And he says it's not enough to not take other people's stuff that you want, but you have to make sure that there's not jealousy in your heart that you're not coveting somebody else's belongings or life. Because when we have those things inside of us, they eventually come out of us. So if we had bad thoughts, bad things inside of us, things that lead to sin, they're going to eventually come out in our actions. And like we said last week, our attitude when we're following the rules is just as important as keeping those rules. It is just as important, if not more important. Because if our attitude is correct, we're going to follow the rules anyway. Did you know that? No? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and talk to Jesus. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for reminding us that doing God's work starts in the heart and into our minds. May we learn to follow you and all we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'll start our rainbows with the rainbow it is to see all of you here this morning. And the rainbow that we have such good music here. We are so blessed by uh, all our musicians. Praise the Lord. 
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, we, we lift up those that we've named and many who remain unnamed. You know our needs before we ask. Lord, I ask that you would guide all of us this morning, open our ears and our understanding as your word is proclaimed. Lord, we lift up those anywhere who live in areas of violence. We lift up those who don't have the basic necessities of life. I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world, that they would seek and do your will, that your children would live in peace and harmony. Let us take your word to heart. Let it transform us that we would live as your son lived. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, Susan mentioned Felicia driving to Lubbock, you know. Happiness is Lubbock, Texas in your rearview mirror, right? So the expression goes. But anyway, I love to drive. I've, I've liked to drive ever since I was blessed with the privilege of doing it. I know some people don't like to drive so much. My sister doesn't particularly like to drive, and, and I hear other people talking about it too. Now, you know, if I got to go someplace really far, like another continent or something, I like to fly. I like to fly too, but, but I truly enjoy driving. And, and like I say, ever since I got to do it, I, I still do. And, uh, and I've, you know, I drive a lot, you know, that's sort of off the subject, but I've never leased a car and, you know, not because sometimes it didn't seem attractive, but because it never seemed attractive because of the mileage, right? For crying out loud, I don't, you know, some of you may lease cars and you may do fine, but I personally don't see how anybody could ever stay in the mileage of a car lease. It has never worked into my lifestyle of never, and it still doesn't, even, even, even here, I mean, uh, my newest car is two and a half years old, and it's got 47,000 miles on it. I like to drive. What can I say? And I plan on continuing to do it. But when we drive and when we exercise our privilege to do so, we do have certain rules and regulations that we're supposed to obey, right? And things really do go better when everybody follows the rules. They really, really do. I think often we enter into conversations with each other about the number of traffic accidents there are. And again, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, I'm not amazed at the accidents, I'm amazed there are not more. But even when you follow the letter of the law, 
there's still more you can do. Today, as uh, Jesse mentioned, is our second in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I looked at the calendar, and I looked at the clock. It may go longer than I planned. I mean, the whole series. I don't mean today. I'm not going to, you know, you know, take a deep breath. <sighs> It'll be okay. It'll be okay. But, uh, but we'll see where the Lord leads us. I'm going to start as I did last week, and I plan to every week, uh, because I think it's important, with the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7, verse, starting at verse 24. Everyone, that's everyone, right? Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell and great was its fall. Our sermon text today comes from closer to the first of the sermon, now Matthew 5, verses 17 through 32. Consider the word of the Lord. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's kind of a long time, right? Never you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. 
Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives us the gift of your law and your commandments, which lead to life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, this is nice, gentle Jesus, right? Loving Jesus, telling everybody here what to do. And again, as I said, as, as I said last week and I've said other times, Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God. And it's God's desire that none should perish, but that all should have abundant life. Have abundant life and eternal life. So Jesus starts out in this particular passage saying that, don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. Now why would you say that? Because some people probably thought the way he was doing things looked like he wanted to abolish the law and the prophets, right? But he didn't. He said, I've come to fulfill, to fulfill, to make complete, to make complete. You see, Jesus couldn't argue or preach or teach that the law and the prophets had to be done away with because that would be tantamount to saying that God changes, right? God doesn't change. I'm the Lord your God. I change not, the Scripture says. And Jesus knew that, and he knew it well. He knew, too, that he was the Messiah, the culmination of the law and the prophets, the Word of God, the Word made flesh to live among us. And he also knew that each and every one of us has the potential to be a full human being like he was, like he was, like God created us in the first place, like God created us very good, right? 
God didn't just create us good. The scripture tells us that God looked around after man was created and said everything was very good, very good. Jesus knew that. And Jesus knew that the fulfillment of the law was bringing us all to our full potential, our very goodness, our very goodness that God desires, so that others... I mean, it tells us again and again and again in the Scriptures, the people of Israel were chosen to teach the rest of the world God's will for them, to teach the rest of the world that we should love each other and not hate each other. Now, Jesus says, going along with what we talked about last week, Jesus says what? If you teach people not to obey the commandments, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say the kingdom of heaven wasn't still available to you. He said you'd be called, called least in the kingdom of heaven. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is available to everybody, regardless of their condition. But it's a choice. It's a choice. I won't talk about prison ministry this morning a lot, when we do prison ministry and we do a series of talks in the prison, the first talk is entitled Choices. And whether you believe it or not, where you are today, everything that's going on in your life today, the circumstances of your life today are the results of the choices you have made, period. That's the way God set up the universe. That's the way it works. And we all get to make choices. And Jesus told us again, we can choose to enter into the kingdom of heaven or we can choose not to. But the choice is ours. If you want to live a fulfilled life, then obey the commandments, which means that you trust God. If you trust God, you trust what God says. God gives us the commandments so if we're obeying the commandments and we're teaching the commandments, then we're teaching people to trust God. If you want to fulfill life, trust God. Then Jesus starts right in. Now notice too, notice too, as we go through this, and I'll mention this some more in the weeks to come, Jesus has a method to his progression throughout the sermon. It's very, very clear. And he also, if you, if you notice, he parallels pretty well what Carol read in Exodus chapter 20 earlier today, right? The Ten Commandments are in the Bible two places, right? Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, right? Those are the two places where you find them all together, the ten all together. Of course, we know that when we go all, all the way through the Law and the Prophets, there are 613 commandments, right? The ten are the big ten, right? I guess, whatever. Jesus says, you've heard it said that you shouldn't murder. It's a pretty good plan not to murder, right? But he says, here's the deal. If you want to fulfill the law, if you want to live an abundant life, if you want to realize the kingdom of God right now, today, don't even think bad thoughts about anybody, you know? Don't even get angry with them. 
Now, what's anger? Other than being a form of fear, right? Anger is an isotropic form of fear, just like a diamond is an isotropic form of carbon, right? Anger is a type of fear, but it's a specific type of fear, right? When do you get angry? When somebody gets in the way of your will, right? That's when you get angry, if you think about it. I was planning on doing X, Y, Z, and somebody stopped me from it. So I get angry, right? I was planning on changing lanes, and this guy comes along and zooms over there, right? On earth as it is in my car, right? Or in heaven, I should say, as it is in my car, right? When our will gets interrupted, we tend to get angry. When we tend to get angry, we tend to do stupid things. As I alluded to, like road rage, right? Can you really imagine? I mean, and, and I know you can because we hear about it all the time. I'm hoping none of us can imagine it. But can you really imagine getting mad enough at somebody in the car to shoot them? Wow. But, see, Jesus knows. See, what Jesus is trying to teach us in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe, is to have a heart like he has, to have a transformed heart like the heart of Jesus. And when you have a transformed heart like the heart of Jesus, you don't even think about getting angry at other people. The anger escalates, and then we get to name-calling, right? Or whatever else. Or what, it, what anger really escalates to is contempt. And contempt is one of the worst places any of us can be, either receiving or giving. Because contempt, basically, if we hold another person in contempt, we're just saying they're worthless, right? They're worthless, they don't count for anything. They're not, even, it, it, they're not even important enough to get mad at, right? And Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Nobody murders anybody unless they first hold them in anger or contempt, right? That's where it springs from. That's the, the sower went out to sow, Right? Some of the seeds fell on rocky soil. Some of the seeds sprouted up. The seed of murder is anger and contempt. If we cut that out, we don't, you, you don't have to worry about keeping the law. See? And, of course, the other thing Jesus is trying to show us here, I believe, is, is that you don't keep the law by trying to keep the law. That'll drive you nuts. That's what the scribes and the Pharisees did. That's what the scribes and the Pharisees did. So he says, our righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees if we are to enter into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees was the righteousness of the act itself. That was the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. So they could argue that as long as I don't kill anybody, I'm doing okay, right? 
But we all know if you're full of anger and contempt and resentments, just like Jesus said, you're out there burning in the trash heap, right? It's not hurting the person that you're resentful toward. It's hurting you. It's hurting you. And Jesus knew that. And he's trying to teach us that. He's trying to teach us to get rid of all of that. Yeah? Don't you dare, he says, loosely translated, don't you dare think about calling somebody a fool. Right? Now, fool in Jesus' day meant a whole lot different than fool in our day does. Fool in our day, we might, we might draw the, we might say it's synonymous with clown or, or something like that. Fool in Jesus' day was one of, the, one of the worst things you could say about anybody. Look in Proverbs. Look in Proverbs. Do, do a word search in Proverbs on fool and look at all the things that it says fools do. Best example that I can think of is in 1 Samuel 25. In 1 Samuel 25, there's a guy in there whose name is Fool, basically. His name is Nabal. Nabal. Y'all go, y'all go read this. this is, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Nabal is the paradigm example of a fool. And 10 days after his extremely foolish behavior, he dropped dead. Jesus says, don't even think about it. Because Jesus knew and wanted to teach us that an abundant, fulfilled life is a life that's free of anger and free of contempt. It's also free of lust, but we're going to have to talk about that next week. So Jesus is teaching us here. He came to fulfill the law. And when the law is fulfilled, you don't really need to consider the written law. I can follow the letter of the law when I'm sitting out there on 1604 perfectly well. And 80% of the time I do. But you can also go above and beyond that. And here's my classic example. I'm, I, you know, the Department of Transportation, they can you know, get mad at me if you want to, but I, I've heard enough about click it or ticket, right? What they, what they need to do is start a campaign telling people. It's sort of like we used to have. It used to, you know, used to they had a campaign where we drove friendly in Texas, right? I don't know what happened to that, but anyway. But here's my thought. There's, n- there's not a law that says you can't get six inches behind the next car in front of you on, on the road when there's a traffic jam, right? But if you fulfill the law and did what the law intends, which is to make traffic smoothly flow and be relatively safe, then you would know that When there's traffic like that, you need to be a good car link behind the next car in front of you. It's not a law, but if everybody did it, traffic would move. 
when they're all like this, you know, when somebody looks down to uh, text back to somebody, then the whole thing stops again, right? And if you're not paying attention, you'll run into the car in front of you. But if you leave room, there's room for it to flow. Jesus is trying to teach us that in the Sermon on the Mount. To leave room for the other people. To leave room so that you're not rushed. To leave room so that your life is fulfilled. Amen. Now go in peace and don't call anybody a fool. And as you do it, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.